You're listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. We're all about the culture of bicycling just for the fun of it. Your hosts, Kathy Murphy from the Morphology Podcast and Andrea Parrott from Parrot Talk are joined by a wide variety of guests each week that delve into the social side of cycling. With tales from Ragbri Nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. And now, here are your hosts, Murph. Hey, that's me. And AP. And that's me. Hi, Murph. Hey, AP. How are you? Well, I'm great, and I am beyond excited to hear your interview this week. Uh, Of Stephen Lawyer? Yes, and BB the Parrot. BB the Parrot, yes. BB makes several squawks during this interview that we're going to listen to. It was like, it was really fun. It was really interesting to talk to Stephen about life as a parrot dad. They have an incredible bond. Oh, that's awesome because to own a parrot is a huge responsibility. You have to really spend a lot of time with them because they are flock animals. So Mm -hmm. good for him for being such a good parrot dad. Um, And speaking of interesting, as a parrot without wings, I thought (laughs) that I would like to share a few fun facts about parrots with two Ts. So I was going to say for anybody who maybe doesn't listen to this podcast very often, um, you are hearing the voice of Andrea Parrot. And that's your real <laughs> yeah. that's your real name, right? That's my real name. Oh. Yep. Okay. Well then yep. can can the first fun fact be about you or the parrots in your life? Sure. So okay, so fun fact, I got my first parrot, a little lovebird, a peach faced lovebird named Lemonade, and my first bike, oh. which we got from Toys R Us uh, the same year when I was six years old for my birthday. No way. <laughs> yeah. So I had uh, lemonade. We got lemonade at a garage sale, and I had lemonade until I was 16 years old, so pretty much my whole childhood. And if you are a parrot owner, it is very irresponsible to sell a parrot at a garage sale. I was just going to say, that is incredible <laughs> that they somebody would sell a parrot. Yeah, my sweet bird was uh, very lucky that we purchased it, but they, like I said, they take so much time. They are absolutely wonderful pets, but you really have to spend a lot of time with them and they're quite loud but Uh, (laughs) that's partially why i'm a little bit deaf but um (laughs) i was gonna say aren't all parrots the people loud too no well you know what (laughs) no comment (laughs) okay okay well i have a fun fact about uh the parrot they have acute eyesight that enables them to see colors with greater clarity than humans which i found very interesting yes um yeah, they have great eyesight, um, for better or for worse, because they are very loud. But um, did you also know that parrots have over 400 taste buds, mostly located on the roof of their mouth, and many parrots have black tongues? Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. So they probably, 400 taste buds. I wonder how many taste buds we have as humans. Because do they t- Good question. Yeah. Do they taste more or less than we do interesting Mm -hmm. okay uh also parrots can feel emotions they can feel agitated happy or even sad and i uh, i'm sure that you know this because you grew up with parrots but steven hits on this topic in um, the interview a few times yeah it depends on the bird but um on average they have the intelligence of like a three or four year old child and probably the temper tantrums of one as well so um, it's just sort of part of having them but it is really cool because the ones that can speak will often 
uh, insert a sentence that makes sense into the conversation, at least emotionally, wow. maybe not necessarily in the context, but um, we had over the years, we had parrots and then a number of other little birds, but um, we had one cockatoo named Obi who would um, laugh every time that a dinosaur would kill a human on Jurassic Park. Oh my and gosh. if you don't know, uh, birds are essentially modern day dinosaurs. So it was really funny and also disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> and what, like, was it a cackle or what kind of laugh was it? Yeah, well, her we were foster caring for this bird, and her original owner was an older gentleman, so it was sort of like a <laughs> oh, almost like an, an evil, evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, it oh was God, awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd imitate the woman that she lived with and say aloha. So it was it was so cute. It was just a joy to have parrots. But like I said, it's such a time commitment. Once we were done fostering that bird, and when the other ones passed on, super sad that they were. Uh, had to pass on um you know it just we never got any more birds because you just you really have to be there for them like uh steven's there for bb yeah 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 i would love to have experienced biking with a bird that would have been so awesome but one of the best fun facts about bb the parrot is that this bird does rag bray oh my gosh it's so true and both of us me and you separately and together we're lucky enough to see BB along the route, riding on Stephen's shoulder, and even taking flight. Yes, and even taking a selfie with yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I think I actually made it into a video for you, yes. if I remember right. Um, yep. And it's an interesting story he's going to tell us about because I think maybe one year he put a little teeny harness on BB to mm. make sure that BB didn't stray too far, I guess. But then okay. he realized that, A, the harness was uh, really wore out the bird because it was a little bit heavy. And oh. he realized also that the bird doesn't stray very far from its owner. So if yeah. this bird is like free to fly wherever it wants to fly and usually stays with Stephen um, within earshot. So it's pretty cool, interesting story. I love it. Uh, I'm obviously beyond excited to hear your interview with them. All right. Well, let's get to it. All right. I would like to do a... Oh, actually, we just heard a very warm welcome to Steve and BB the Parrot. Hey, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, and um, it's very um, appropriate that BB must know that he is being recorded uh, for a podcast because here he is squawking in. Well, he yeah, he when he, when I'm talking, he wants to join the conversation, and and if there's more than one person talking, then he really wants to be in the conversation. So, <laughs> yep, he in fact he might join in enough that we will ask him to uh, go. Uh, uh, go sit on his uh, jar of candied pecans and eat one of those so we can have some quiet. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I feel bad. I have actually met you a couple of times on Ragbri, but the entire focus was on the parrot. So I feel like I know your bird better than I know you. And I'm going to oh, guess. Very good. Yeah, I'm going to guess there are hundreds, if not thousands, of cyclists who can say the same thing that they've met BB the bird. And they maybe met Steve. They, you know, they don't remember you. So I'm sorry about that. 
No, that's perfectly okay. You know, when I'm when when I'm riding on Rag Ride, people will call out to BB by name, and I sort of enjoy my anonymity in that process. <laughs> Good. Well, before we get into talking about uh, life with a parrot, will you tell the listeners where you live and maybe what cycling is like there? You bet. Um, I live south of Des Moines, Iowa, about 30 miles, very small town. I don't even live in the town, but a very small town of New Virginia, Iowa is my postal code. Um, Most people, if they even recognize that name, they see it as a freeway exit on Interstate 35 going south of Des Moines towards uh, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I live out in the country uh, where uh, with my uh, three kids, uh, our horse our two cats and BB. Nice. And, uh, so, and um, you know, I don't really bike on the highways out here just for safety reasons. But uh, the the uh, the Great Western Trail is not too far away. That's a trail that I can uh, go to to bike. Um, and then I take my bike and hit trails. Of course, Iowa has the I think the best trail network in the country. So uh, I've I'm I'm gradually trying to bike almost every trail that there is in in Iowa, usually with BB. Oh, that's that's amazing. And I guess if listeners are from the Des Moines area, if they've ever been to the music festival, I think it's called Hinterland. That's probably near where you live, right? Yes, uh, it is. So um, I'm two exits south of St. Charles exit which is where Hinterland is. Oh, that's, got that's it. correct. Yeah. Got so you're it. headed down my way, but you still haven't gone far enough yeah. if you've gone to Hinterland. Well, and at the time of this recording, uh, you and I are both um, battling some blizzard-like weather outside. It is it is cold, and I am uh, working from home today and uh, conversing with you from home, but we're all snuggled in. Uh, BB was actually outside flying yesterday. He'll, he'll go out in the cold, but today I'm not going to let him out. Not in the blizzard. Right, right. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into the star of this podcast, BB the parrot. Uh, first off, like who is BB? So BB is a, is a white winged parrot or white winged parakeet. Um, you know, I think he prefers to be called a parrot. Um, <laughs> just because <laughs> rather than the, rather than the diminutive term of parakeet, he is, um, he's small for a parrot or big for a parakeet. He's about, uh, six inches, maybe seven inches from the tip of his tail feather to his beak. Um, so big, if you were to call him a parakeet, but small for a parrot, he's what, um, are commonly called uh, pocket parrots for his size, oh, okay. but his actual breed, his actual breed is, um, a white winged parakeet and uh that name comes from the fact that even though he's predominantly green when his wings are folded in when he spreads his wing he has a beautiful yellow then a large segment of white Mm. and then his wingtip feathers end in a blue and even a sort of an aqua sort of a teal just absolutely gorgeous when his wings are out in flight wow so when i think of the word parrot well two things come to mind of course ap who is the co-host of the just go bike podcast her last name is parrot so um if you guys could i only... have a photo of bb i have a photo of bb with andrea <laughs> oh good good uh i do too yes. that i took maybe maybe we sent it to you but yeah i do have that uh and if you listeners knew how many uh edits we have of Andrea Parrot squawking like a parrot that we end up editing out of the podcast. You would uh, almost think that it was BB in the background. 
anyway, the other thing that comes to mind with parrots um, is the ones that talk. And I don't know if that's exclusive to a certain breed of parrot, but will you speak to that and let us know what BB knows how to say? Yeah, so um, so so BB's breed are not known for being um, great talkers. He does talk somewhat. Of course, you heard him squawk. Yeah. What you're hearing when he squawks is actually his flock call. Mm. Um, it's the call that they do when they're communicating with other birds of their flock. And one of the things that I think is so appealing about BB specifically is um, that he has birds will define who is in their flock and who's not. And mm -hmm. so, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear tell, or you maybe even have had your own experience of somebody that has a parrot that's very friendly with its owner, or maybe very friendly with the people in its household, but is aggressive and mean towards everybody else. And, and that ah. can be true of any, any exotic birds. Um, and the reason for that is that the bird has defined its flock in those circumstances to be its its owner or the people in its house, and everybody else is our enemy birds. They're they're of a different breed. Other the other people are, and that's why they're aggressive. BB I was so socialized from the moment he came to me as a fledgling. I took him out everywhere uh, and uh, socialized him with everybody that he has defined his flock to be the entire human race, all, all human beings. And so that's why he's friendly to everybody. Mm -hmm. That's also why he does his flock call when he's in a crowd. And so when you've seen him on Rodbri, I'm sure he was making that squawk oh, because sure. he hears, he hears all of us talking. He hears all of us making noise and playing music. And to him, He's, he's happy as can be. When we would go on Radbri, when we go to a meat town, uh, into the square where it's shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people, many birds would be absolutely nervous as could be, would be freaked out. BB is happy, relaxed, preening himself, and doing his flock call because for him it's the equivalent of being – when you see 500 birds of the same species in a tree and they're all squawking each other happily. Yeah. When BB's in a crowd of people, he's in his he's he's among his beeps. He's he's with his people. <laughs> <laughs> and he know he probably knows he's Ragbri famous, so he's like, "Hello, all of my fans." Oh yeah, yeah. He he is <laughs> he he is known. And I'll be riding along on Ragbri, and uh, you know people will call out and they'll say BB. Um, so yeah, he's they don't know me. Right. <laughs> right, right. So you got BB uh, when it was just a little baby parrot? Yes, so BB um uh BB came to me as a as a few months old. Um he he actually I acquired him through a, an amazing pet store in Tampa, Florida called Everything Birds and this is a husband and wife that own this store. Um, they only use reputable breeders that hand raise the birds. Uh, they don't overbreed. Those breeders don't overbreed. There's mm -hmm. no kill off of, uh, you know, birds. And even in the pet store, none of the birds are in cages. They're, they're, they're on branches. They're just loose in the store. Ah. And, uh, so I met BB in person when he was a little parrot and we just fell in love with him because he was so engaging. You know, any of these birds in the store will step up on your finger, but BB, my son had a ball cap on and he would stretch as high as he could and grab onto that ball cap and climb up <laughs> on it. And he just wanted to get on your shoulder and he wanted to walk up and down your arm. He was just as friendly as could be. So um, 
So we put in a deposit on BB, and uh, and then then the next time I was uh, down in Florida and and had had the ability to bring him back, I brought him back with me, wow. and he's been with us ever since. So he's he's we we got him in uh, June, came home in June of 2020. Oh, okay. So he's a he is a well, I guess I don't know uh, parrot years, but he's a grown up now. He is now. Yeah. yeah. Now his first ragbri, his first ragbri, of course, ragbri didn't happen in 2020, but his first ragbri was uh, 21. He did ragbri 21. And I'd say he was sort of an ornery teen at that point in time in, <laughs> in pair of years. And, uh, but yes, he's now fully grown. His, his size of parrot has about a 15 year lifespan, about like a cat okay, uh, you know, okay. or, or, or some breeds of dogs. And now time for a training tip. Let's talk hand position. Do your hands ever go numb while you're on a long ride? It could have to do with your bike fit. Your saddle height, handlebar reach, and handlebar height all play a factor. Your local bike shop can help with getting your bike to fit properly. Sometimes my pinky fingers will go numb on a long ride or multiple days of long rides. And along with a proper bike fit, here are a few tips that might help you with your hand and body position. Many cyclists unknowingly hold tension in their hands that can lead to discomfort. In addition to the bike fit, as I mentioned, something that could help with discomfort would be to get handlebar tape that is well padded, giving you additional cushioning. You could also invest in a pair of gloves that can absorb vibrations and reduce pressure. When you're out on the bike, hold your handlebars with a relaxed grip. Firm enough, of course, to maintain control of your bike, but not so tight that it causes tension. Also, take note of your wrist placement. Make sure those wrists are straight. As you are riding, be sure to check hand positions frequently to eliminate pressure in one spot. I often give a good stretch to each of my hands while on a long ride. Now along with your hand placement, check to make sure your elbows have a slight bend and that they're not locked. Also, keep those shoulders relaxed and down. It's a lot to think about, but if you get into the habit of doing a body scan while biking, making an effort to check all the little things like, is my face in a tight grimace? Are my shoulders scrunched up? Do I have a death grip on the handlebars? Or am I nice and relaxed? You can eliminate some of those pesky strains and pains. By staying mindful of your hand and body position, hopefully it will enhance your cycling experience with comfort, less fatigue, and an overall more enjoyable experience. Now back to the show. So you have to, I don't know if you can think back to, you know, you're, you're raising BB and he's very welcome. You know, he uh, welcomes the attention. He's great in the house. At what point did you think, I'm going to try and go for a bike ride with BB and see what happens or, or how did that play out? <laughs> well, cycling's a big part of my life. Um, besides being a cyclist myself, you know, I've, my first ragbri was ragbri 16, which oh, is wow. sort of giving away my age a bit. And I've ridden almost all the ones in between. <clears throat> so 
I couldn't envision doing Ragbri without him along because because he and I are together almost 24 um, uh, seven. You know, I, I, I will confess bb sleeps at night under the sheets on my chest no so way. i am with bb yeah oh yes uh yeah there's and you can ask any questions about that that you want we will we will keep it g-rated but uh <laughs> he sleeps on my chest under the sheets and so he's with me all of the time and so i couldn't imagine going on ragbri without him um i'm i'm actually an indoor cycling instructor for both um our wellness center in indianola and for uh, the YMCA in um, downtown Des Moines, oh. and uh, he's even come and, and co-taught cycling classes with me. So he, uh, I couldn't imagine riding without him. Um, I started, he came to me clipped. So, you know, one of the ways they train a young bird to be finger friendly and to not just try to fly away is they clip their wings. And, you know, a lot of people keep their birds clipped throughout the life of the bird, right? They kind of, that, that's a big debate. Um, among bird owners or a mm-hmm. big decision mm-hmm. is, are you going to keep your bird clipped or are you going to let them become flighted because the, the feathers don't heal, but they, they, they will molt and they'll lose the feathers and they'll grow new ones in that aren't clipped. Oh, okay. And so if you don't continually clip the feathers after about a year, the bird will have replaced all those feathers and will be able to fly. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking BB on bike rides when he was still unable to fly. He was still clipped and um, he hadn't yet grown out his flight feathers, and he just naturally likes to hang on to my shoulder. You know, he sits on my shoulder, and he holds on to my collar, and, you know, he's able to hang on. And so we just started doing bike rides when I had no concern about him flying. flying. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it progressed from there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'll let you ask your next question, but I'll be glad to share with you some of our adventures moving from being an unflighted outdoor bird to being a flighted outdoor bird. Okay, well, I will tell you my experience of you and BB. I'm riding my bike. I can't remember if this was, it might have been right by 49. So it might have been two years ago. I'm riding my bike. I see you. You're with two other guys. You've got the bird on your shoulder. And the bird decides to go for a little fly. And he went into the cornfield. And you guys had to go into the cornfield to get him. And I think, because I saw you later that day, and I think you told me you had a harness on him. And he got tired or he it was too heavy or I don't remember the whole story. But I was like, oh, my gosh, they have to climb into the cornfield to go find BB the bird. And I was nervous that he was going to be lost forever. But obviously he's not. <laughs> So I don't know if you yes. remember that. I do. I do distinctly. That's the one time where, you know, where I had concern that I was going to lose BB on, on Ragbri. Well, so yeah, so rag, so BB's been on three Ragbri's oh, wow. and the, the, the Ragbri of, of, of 20, uh, it would have been Ragbri of 21, um, and of 22. I had him in a harness for both of those. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was concern that if if he flew, you know, he might fly into the spokes of, of another cycle or something like that, or he could get lost among the crowd. Right. Um, if, I, if I can digress a little bit about, uh, he just, just flew into another room. If I can digress a little bit about his, the, our ventures into him being an outdoor flight at bird, because that'll give context to yeah. why I had him, had him in the harness. Yeah. So I, I live out in the country and, uh, you know, 
a big question with birds is whether or not you're going to let them become flighted. And then if you do let them become flighted, very, very, very few bird owners I'm learning let their flighted birds outside. If they've got a flighted bird, they don't do not go outside with them without them in a cage or a harness mm-hmm. uh, for fear of losing them. BB became flighted and initially inside the house. And, you know, I trained him to come to me when I call. And of course, I'm his buddy. I'm his safety net. You know, he feels safe on my shoulder. And I'm also his person who feeds him. And, right. you know, we, we, we have a bond. So birds become very bonded with their owners and vice versa. So I initially had him indoors flying to me. And one day I thought, you know, I'm going to, I think, I think I can take him outside. And I took him outside, you know, here in the country and, and let him fly. And he promptly flew up into a tree and I had to wait for about an hour to get him to come down. Come to learn that it's hard for birds to learn how to descend. They, they, once they, if they've been flying inside of a house, they're always flying on the same elevation. And they don't really know how to descend. And so they're nervous about trying to come down. So once I got BB down out of that tree, we trained on how to descend. So we spent about a month with him flying from the top of my stairs. I got a two-story house to the bottom when I would call him. Mm. And then we went back outside and then he did great. Um, So BB now, if I can jump forward to how he is now, BB now, yesterday, for example, BB was outside for about an hour. He's like a dog. He lands in front of the door and he squawks at me and he wants me to open the door and let him fly outside. And he goes outside and he flies around and he goes and lands on the roof of the house and he'll fly over to the barn. I've even had him fly a half mile away and go over, visit the neighbors. I get a call from the neighbors. <laughs> BB's over here. Said, it's okay. He'll come back. And uh, so he goes out and he's just like letting your dog or your cat out. Uh, but he always comes home. He flies back. He always knows where I am. Mm-hmm. But I was nervous on Ragbri because of the number of people that he might not be able to, you know, find me. Yeah, Luke figure out which one you are. Exactly. So, right. So I, I, I bought a harness for him. They make harnesses that they can fly in. And um, I modified the harness so it was detachable so that I could add a little clip on it. But the harness is pretty heavy on BB. So the experience that you had was, I think you're right. I think I think that was actually, I think that was 22 was when that one happened. And I had stopped to let him fly because he had flown once or twice in the harness. But it sort of weighs him down, throws his balance off. And he took off out over a cornfield and he got tired. And, he, and this green parrot with a green harness, I should have gotten a fluorescent orange harness, <laughs> With a green harness, lands in the top of green corn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, uh, oh, God bless them, the Air Force guys. You know, you've seen Team Air Force, right? They stop for everybody. They stop to help. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally go, you know, trudging out into the cornfield. And he answers me, but he's exhausted. He's in the corn. He's waiting for me to come to him. But I'm trying to... The corn's higher than my head. I'm trying to yeah. localize this bird, and I'm getting lost, you know, and I'm like, and I'm on the cell phone to the corn guys, and they're saying, I think, you know, go, I'm wiggling the corn so they can see the stalks move, and then they're, you know, they're trying to remember where we saw him land in the corn, and they're saying, you know, you know, turn left, you know. So finally, I get close enough to, to BB. Well, of course, from BB's experience, he can't see me either. He sees corn moving coming towards him. That's scary. That could be like oh, you know, a predator. Yeah, a predator. So he, so he takes off and flies again. But BB always goes back to where he last knew that I was. 
So sure enough, he ultimately came out of the corn. I'm in the corn, scaring him out, basically. He flew, circled over the riders, and the nearest person to where I was was one of the Air Force guys standing, holding my bike, in fact, and he landed right on that guy's helmet. And the guy calls me on the phone and says, I've got BBs on my helmet. So it was, so BB came back. Yeah. I would almost say BB's laughing inside, like going, watch this. I'm going to get yeah. him. I'm going to get Steve to go yeah. all the way in the corn. <laughs> right. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to come out and make him trudge back out with his cleat clogged in mud. That's right. That's exactly what happened. Uh, well, I'm glad that he made it back. Cause that, um, I, I can picture all of the green, like there's no way you could find a bird in there. Not green on green. No, no, you can't. Uh, yeah. But actually, it was that experience that caused me to make the big leap and the decision that I was going to ride this last ragbri and all future ragbris with BB completely free, mm-hmm. unharnessed. And so now when we ride together, he's on my shoulder and he can fly whenever he wants. And he always finds me. He knows where I am. Now, that's not to say he won't land on other people because all humans are his friend. Yep. Everybody's a part of his flock, but he keeps track of where I am. And so the only thing I have to do is when he does fly, he generally doesn't fly when we're riding. He just hangs on for the ride. And you know what? I think it's hilarious. I think that when we're riding, especially if we're going downhill and we got some speed, to him, it's us flying together. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's him getting to fly with his owner because, you know, the wind's going past our face. And you know how when you get going fast, you'll sort of tuck, you know, you'll tuck down on your bike, you'll yeah. lean forward, you lean into the wind, you get aerodynamic, you face, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to look out the top of your head at the road and you're, you're aerodynamic. I'll be that way and I'll look over at BB and he's on my shoulder and he's got his head pointed, you know, <laughs> in the direction that we're going. And he'll look at me and I'll look at him. And it's, it's, if, if a bird could smile, they got a beak, they can't. But I, right. I, I, in my mind, I envision that he's just happy as can be. I think he is because we're flying together. We're side by side and we're zooming along together, you know? So, so he generally does not fly when we're riding. I only had him fly twice this last rag ride while we were moving one time was he fell asleep and fell off my shoulder. Oh. He actually, I could see him nodding off. It was early morning, and I could see him in my mirror. He was on the side where my mirror on my helmet is mounted, and I could see him dozing off, and sure enough, he fell off. <laughs> and, of course, it immediately woke him up so he didn't hit the pavement, and he flew, and he just circled around behind me. I never stopped, and he just came in and landed on the other shoulder. <laughs> and the other time was when we were going through downtown Iowa City, and somebody's tire popped, and it scared him. Oh, okay. And he took off and he flew and it was among the buildings and everything. And he just came back. I'm like his mobile aircraft carrier. I just keep moving. And if, cause he'll fly sometimes when we're riding the bike trails too. And he just, I just keep biking. And he, if he takes off of my shoulder, he flies. And then I, he comes in from behind, just like a, like a, you know, F-18 fighter jet yeah, coming just... in on the, on the aircraft, on the aircraft. I'm his mobile aircraft carrier. And he's the aircraft <laughs> and he lands on my shoulder. And I was going to say, will, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, does he usually, is is your shoulder his his place when you're biking, or is he kind of maybe on your helmet, on your handlebars? Oh, no. Always on my shoulder. Oh, and okay. in fact, what he does is, and it, it's sort of cute, he hangs on to, to actually help him have even a better grip is whichever foot is closer to my neck. Like if he's on my right shoulder, he'll take his left foot and he'll clamp it on my collar. 
Okay. So he's got a good good hold on my collar, and then the other foot's there, and then we just, yeah, we just ride along together. He does most of his flying on Ragbride when we stop. So we'll stop at, like, a lemonade stand, you know, or, you know, farm kid lemonade stand or something. And um, I remember one occasion this last time, and it was it, it was so fun to watch. I caught a little bit of it. He did it twice, and I caught a little bit of it on video, and and BB and I posted it on BB's Facebook page. But he he took off. We're at the lemonade stand, and he takes off. He'll just take off when he wants to. He took he takes off to do a fly because he likes to stretch his wings, mm-hmm. and he flies the you know the solid wall of cyclists are going by. We're we're up on this farm driveway, and there's a lemonade stand, and you know Gatorade and bananas and whatever. And the solid wall of cyclists are going by. It's 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 morning, so it's still pretty thick pack going by. He takes off and he starts flying the direction the bikes are going, right over the shoulder and below handlebar height, flying right along with the cyclists. Oh, really? And oh yeah. And then he cuts he cuts from one side of the road to the other, handlebar height. He I mean weaves through the cyclists. Now birds have amazing reaction time. I mean to to him, they're all going in slow motion, so he doesn't hit anybody. He just weaves through the cyclist. Then he pops up on the far side of the road, and he goes about two, 300 yards down. I mean, he almost goes out of sight. And then he comes over the head of the cyclist, just above their helmet height, right down the center of, of, the, of the, the riders, going opposite their direction of travel, and heads all the way down to several hundred yards past me upstream mm-hmm. on the cyclist. And while he's doing it, Again, as you were saying, BB's known on Ragbri. Multiple cyclists were calling out, going, "BB, that's BB!" <laughs> yeah. And he and he flew all the way up, and then he turns around and he comes back and lands on my shoulder. And you know, and the crowd erupts and cheer. And of course, they're cheering for him. You know, I raise my hands like I'm the star, and BB's you know the star. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was that's actually segues into my next question is. What's it like doing ragbri with BB? Because you you have to be a social man because you probably can't go more than five steps without having somebody interact with you about the bird. Yeah, so um, I'm a relatively strong rider, and so I I here's what I've here's what I've figured out, and this is this is what I do. <laughs> so I I I. I you know, I pass many more people than I get passed by. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm a relatively strong rider. And, mm-hmm. and that actually works out well because, first of all, when BB's on my shoulder, you'd be amazed. Only about one out of 20 people even notice him while you're riding. Oh, okay. And, and so I'll pass. And, and, and what will happen is they'll notice him because it, he'll occasionally squawk. And when he squawks, they're suddenly looking around for where is it. And then they'll spot him on me. And, you know, they'll say, is that a real bird on your shoulder? A lot of people think it's a stuffed parrot, right? And I go, oh, no, no, he's real. And I can take him off and put him on my finger so they can see him on my finger and stuff. And so, but those conversations can happen while we're riding. And usually if I'm, you know, I'll have sometimes where somebody will ride up next to me, a lot of photos taken, right? Somebody will ride up and say, can I take a photo of you? You know, while we're still riding, I'll slow down and, you know, we'll get the photos, but at least we're moving for those. Where, where, where I have to budget a lot of time is when you hit town. Right. When, when you hit, when the moment I get, get off my bike in town, which you have to do, right? I mean, you have to walk through towns anyway. And I, and I wouldn't bring BB on the ride if I weren't willing to share him with everyone, right? I, I wouldn't bring him. Right. So when we get to town, we get off the bike. And at that point, 
I cannot get through a town in less than an hour. Yeah, I mean, it's, I he's, he, he's going to, he, he, take, he, he gives about 200 selfies per town. You know, he'll stand on people's shoulders. He poses. He knows to turn his good side to the camera. I mean, he knows that his picture is being taken. He's a ham. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we stop and everybody wants to hold him and pet him and get their picture with him. And we're glad to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I have several pictures with BB. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, Andrea Parrott has pictures with BB as well. So, <laughs> And I know we're not the only one, but do you, do you find any, um, I mean, I know of two incidents because you've, you've told me or posted about it, but any worries with like such a tiny little bird and all of these people? Oh, well, um, so my big worry is not so much him getting hurt on the ride and actually actually i feel pretty safe with him on the ride because the big threat to bb and being outdoors is hawks bb has been twice and i've seen it happen both times has been twice he's been chased by hawks probably a dozen times and normally he can evade them um i don't know if you've ever tried to chase a cat don't ask me why I've tried to chase a cat. I won't go into that story. But if you've ever tried to chase a cat, you can outrun a cat, but a cat can turn on a dime. Yeah. And that's, that's BB being chased by a hawk. I, I, I swear, hawk, you know, birds, all birds have great color vision. And so I, I swear the hawks are out there flying around trying to pick which bird they're going to catch to eat next. Mm. And they're looking and they're going gray bird, brown bird, gray bird, black bird, green bird must be a delicacy because he bb is a hawk magnet and so the birds with you these hawks will come after him but he can turn on a dime and they can so i've watched multiple chase scenes with bb and hawks the problem is is if they get bb in a in sort of a, a confined area where he can't turn then they can catch him and he's twice been caught once when he was flying between two houses in waukee it seems like West Des Moines, Waukee are the bad areas to be with BB. And another when he was flying outside of a commercial building and he was sort of in the V of the building. And I've twice BB has been caught in flight by a hawk where the hawk swoops down, snatches him in its talons, and starts to fly away with him. Yeah. And both times, I thought that was the last I was ever going to see it. Well, I was going to say, I am... Uh, very thankful, but also amazed that you're telling these stories and BB's still here. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> BB is what's called a hook-billed uh, beak. He has what's called a hook-billed beak. And if you look at parrots, they have that beak that hooks over and it's got that very sharp point on it. It's what a hawk has too. It's what an eagle has. Mm-hmm. It's what a falcon has. All right. And hook-bills, I mean, bigger parrots have been known to amputate people's fingers if they bite aggressively. A BB, when he gives me kisses, he does it very gently, but he could pierce my lip for me if I if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So he's got a very sharp bite. That's what the hawk has, and that's what he uses to kill a bird that it catches. It, you know, fly catches it in the talons, lands at its in a tree, and bites and kills the kills its prey. But BB has that as well. There are no uh, non-predatory birds uh, indigenous to the Midwest that are hookbills. So these hawks have never caught a bird that can actually bite back. And BB can bite back. And I watch it happen. They, they catch BB and they start to fly with him. And BB, pun intended, BB has the remainder of his life, which might only be about 45 seconds, 
to bite the heck out of that hawk's feet to get free. And that's exactly what he does. And it hurts, and the hawk lets him go, and BB beelines it back to the nearest human being for safety. Um, the, the, he'll, he'll fly to, or he'll fly into a, you know, a, a somewhere where he knows the hawk can't get to him. Right. And then it's a trip to the emergency vet. Um, the first time BB was caught, he had a puncture wound in his wing. And the second time he was caught, he had a, uh, puncture wound in his torso. Mm. And, and I want to, I want to say, because I do post these, these have been posted on BB's page and I've had other bird owners say, you're crazy. You're crazy for taking your bird outside and letting them fly because of hawks, because of hawks and eagles. And uh, I'm, there are going to be some people who are going to criticize that. Uh, can I comment on on my thinking on that? Of course, of <laughs> course, I, I want to hear. That? Yeah. Okay, because because I get it, and I love I love BB, and, and and I do not want him to die this way. So first of all, precautions. It's a it's a learning curve. You know, we have now learned. BB and I have both learned um, to to go to open areas and because because the way he gets chased the first time was you know uh urban area tall trees and that kind of thing and a hawk can be hidden somewhere and can come so we don't do that anymore the second time was i had an open parking lot i was going to fly him at but he flew before we got a chance to go out and survey for hawks so our routine now is and i think bb's learned this too is we look we get into an open area and we look for hawks and we, oh, sure. we don't do it near tall trees and that kind of thing where they could be hidden. Um, but even then it's a risk. The reason why um, I allow BB to fly outside is I know how much he loves it. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he's a, it, to me, the, and I don't mean this as a criticism of people that clip their birds, but people say, why don't you just keep them clipped? And to me, that would be like, um, um, <laughs> I hope this doesn't offend anybody. It'd be like breaking your, your child's kneecap so that he can't go from crawling to walking. Uh, a bird's fundamental way of movement is flight, is flying. Yeah, they can walk on their feet, but they love to fly. I'm a pilot. I love to fly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he can do it without you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of machinery surrounding him to do it. Right. So I know that he loves to fly. You can tell he, he goes to the door and begs to go outside so he can fly. And I don't want to take that joy away from him. So it's a calculated risk and we take that risk, but I would rather him have that joy knowing that someday, you know, it, it, it may be the end of him than denying him that joy. Now, Radbri, we feel pretty safe. Because all the the presence of all the peoples keeps those kinds of birds away, those sure. predatory birds. Yeah, I kind of yeah. in my head connect it to um, cats, where many owners who have their cat indoor all the time get them declawed. So, mm-hmm. and then there are also people that let their cats go outside, you know, so they can still climb trees and all that good stuff. So, um, I get it. I get it. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a personal choice, and I view it as actually a choice that BB and I've made together, in the sense that he 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 definitely does want to go outside, and he understands. He knows that hawks are a risk. In fact, when he's with me on my shoulder and we're driving in the car, if he sees a hawk or an eagle, something like that, he does his flock alarm call. Really. There's this, 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, it's I can't imitate it very well, but it's a, uh, it's an, uh, 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 and he just does that. I mean, it's to alert me and anybody else with an earshot. Remember, all humans are part of his flock. Hey, there's danger over there. There's a hawk, and he he's got amazing vision. He sees them way before I do. Wow. So yeah, so he knows they're a risk. He he doesn't just go out willy nilly. He's very intelligent. He doesn't just go out willy nilly and and fly. He looks too, and um. And he stays on my shoulder. If we're outside and there's a hawk, he'll alarm and he'll stay right on my shoulder. He will not take off. Wow. What would you say, you know, when you're out on Ragbri, some of the most common questions people ask? Well, besides, is that a real bird? Yeah, I was going to say, is that a real bird? <laughs> um, can he speak, which was an earlier question of yours that, that we sort yep. of didn't get all the way to. He can, and he says his name. He doesn't speak very much in public because he likes to do his flock call in public, but he'll say his name. He'll say BB, and uh, which is cute. He'll say BB, BB, <laughs> and um, and he does all kinds of whistles and trills. Um, so they'll ask, can he speak? Uh, can he fly? Um, you know, they'll ask what kind of bird he is. Um, they'll, they'll ask if they can hold him, which I always, you know, let him step up on people's fingers and, uh, and he does selfies. Um, there are a lot of people ask how long he'll live, which is, as I said, about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the, those are the, those are the big questions. Um, every once in a while, if somebody asks, where does he sleep? Um, and then that's when I, you know, confess that he, I, and again, I'm going to get criticized for that one because they say don't sleep with your bird because you could roll over on him and crush him. But I'm a light sleeper, and he and I've got a drill, and he just um, he just falls asleep right on my sternum, right on my chest, and 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 uh, and sleeps all night quiet there. So. Wow. Okay, so this is probably a dumb question because parrots come from a very warm and humid environment in their natural, I guess place where they are from i'm not saying that right but um it does the heat affect birds you know like because ragbri for us all of us humans was really miserable this past year but i'm assuming to the bird no yeah actually yes and that's that is that is actually not a dumb question it's a great question um so this last ragbri with the afternoon heat, BB only rode the mornings because um, I know from experience with him. So yes, you're right. BB, his particular breed, for example, comes from the Amazon River Basin in South America. Very hot, practically mm-hmm. on the equator, right? Very hot area. Mm-hmm. But in in that natural environment, they spend the heat of the day in the shade under the canopy of the okay, trees. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so BB out in the sun, you know, his green feathers will absorb a lot of sunlight, will heat him up, and um, uh, I learned that by Whitney, you know, when on a hot day, if I take him out on a hot day and he flies for even a minute or two, he'll land and he'll keep his feathers, he'll keep his wings, not his feathers, his wings spread partway out from his body to try to cool himself, and he'll actually pant. You can actually, uh, birds can actually pant. If you've ever seen a cat or dog pant, it looks much like that. Um, so I, I, I did a little research uh, before I started taking them on Ragbri, and sure enough, uh, other bird owners, you know, would talk about don't keep your bird outside in direct sunlight on a hot day for a long time. They need shade. And so obviously can't provide that to them very easily. 
Um, well, there is the lady that rides Ragbri with the cute little dog in the basket with the umbrella. Yeah, I guess with I the umbrella. Try, yeah, I could try to rig something up like that. Um, but so what we do with BB is um, our support vehicle is my RV. We have a team of about 15, and it's my RV being driven by my 20-year-old son. And so BB rode every morning on Ragbri with me to the meat towns. And then I would hand them off to my son so that he could be in the air conditioning in the cool uh-huh. in town. He, he will ride full days with me on days when it's not too hot. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the last day going into the end town wasn't too bad, right? Because he did ride he did ride to the tire dip with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I love mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> so here's a uh, – I know you don't have this documented, but I'd be so curious to know how many photos you think that BB has posed for. Oh, my goodness. In his three years of, of his life – um oh boy um it has to i mean he i estimated during ragbri that he was doing about 150 to 250 a day on ragbri alone and he's done wow. three ragbri so there's so there's several thousand <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and then Every time we go to the grocery store, the hardware store, or something like that, uh, in the parking lots, you know, there's photos. Um, the um, he oh he I mean yeah he gets so I would say probably closing in on ten thousand by oh, now yeah. you know it's I bet you're right five thousand yep. to ten thousand. Um, by the way, he is he was co-employee of the month at the Waukee Scooters Coffee one. Whoa. one uh, few months ago yeah he um he's a regular there when i'm in waukee i go to that scooters and uh they know him by name so you know we have a routine he he takes off and he flies out around in front of the store and they're leaning out the drive-through window you know <laughs> calling his name to him and then he lands on my shoulder and we go in and then he then he gets a pup cup you know of whipped cream which he absolutely loves but one day I walked in, this is, this was the last summer before Ragbri. I walk in and they go, we got to show you something. And they go get their, their poster that was back in the employee, you know, break room or whatever of the employee of the month. And they go, look at the picture. And if you look, it's of the employee who was the employee of the month with BB on her shoulder. <laughs> So my joke was, is BB was co-employee of the month of the Walkie Scooters. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> so BB has like quite a great life. He gets to go wherever you go. He gets to, you know, he's. He, hopefully, he feels the love because he's getting a lot of love every day. Yeah, he soaks it up. He does. Like I said earlier, he is a he's a bit of a ham for it. He he loves everybody and he's so good with kids. You know, I mean, he could bite. He can bite and draw blood and he never does um, with, you know, with anybody. The only person he's ever bit and draw blood on is me when I really upset him a few times. You know, he'd, he'll let you know if you're making him mad. But with but with anybody that I introduce him to particularly kids. I think, yeah, I mean, he recognizes that he needs to be gentle with them. So he'll, he'll let them pet him. He'll, you know, he'll stand on their finger. He'll pose for selfies. Even when I'm getting tired of it, he lets me, you know, (laughs) keep, keep putting them on the next kid's shoulder. (laughs) He's like, I got this. (laughs) 
Yeah, once you once you know, one if you got twenty kids standing there, you know, and you put them on one kid's shoulder for a selfie, you got to do all twenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm assuming that BB and you will be back for Ragbri again in 2024. Uh, yeah, absolutely. As, you know, assuming we're both still around, assuming a you know a, a hawk doesn't get BB, that would be a sad day, wouldn't it? But yeah, assuming yeah. a hawk doesn't get BB or uh, or I don't get run over by a motorist, uh, we're planning to. Uh, we're planning to be there next uh, next rag bright. We um, our team is Team Inferno, so if people are looking to spot us. We have these bright yellow uh, uh, jerseys that have accents of like flames coming up them, uh, which has a history itself. Going out to rag bright in 2012, our RV at the time caught fire on the way out to rag bright <laughs> oh, and burnt, no. burn up, <laughs> and and so we redubbed the team Team Inferno. <laughs> And so we're easy to spot. And, and I think actually that, that because birds see color so well, I think that bright yellow jersey, is, uh, it gives me some confidence that BB can find me too. Yeah, yeah. When he flies, I'm easy to spot. Yeah. Will you uh, tell the listeners uh, BB's Facebook page before we go? Yeah, absolutely. So it's just uh, facebook.com slash BB, and that's spelled B-E. B-E, and then the word bird, B-I-R-D, and then parrot, P-A-R-R-O-T, all one word, B-B bird parrot, and his Instagram page is the, is the same as well, but most of his stuff is actually on Facebook, so yeah, www.facebook.com slash B-B, B-E-B-E, bird, B-I-R-D, parrot, and you'll find him, and there's, there's, in fact, if you scroll back, you'll find a video of him we tire dipped um, at whatever the town was before the end town. We tire dipped just because we could get to the river easy uh, last year. And you'll, there's a great video that somebody filmed for me of him f- flying out over the Mississippi River, flying up around through the cyclist. You, there's videos of him on rag right. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to check that out. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, we hope to see you on the ride. And please... I, I need to put now a face to a voice, so yeah. please find me on the next Ragbri and reintroduce yourself, would you? Sounds good. Thank you so much, Steve, and uh, looking forward to seeing you and BB in July. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Go Bike podcast. Murph and AP will be back next week. In the meantime, check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter. And if you would like to contact Murph and AP with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, email them at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. Until next time, Just Go Bike! Theme song by Ryan Steer, logo by Suzanne Milosevic, produced by Kathy Murphy, social media by Andrea Parrott, intro by Pumpkin. Until next time, just go bike.